Welcome to Cancelled. We are back on a thundery Monday afternoon. Uh, thank you guys for coming, uh, for listening. Whoa, I don't know what just happened. I am on, like, no sleep. I, for no good reason at all, like, just, could, I, well, partially because I stayed up till one thirty watching uh, the World of Dance series finale, but huh. uh, also, I just couldn't sleep after that. So my brain's a little fried, uh, but with us... To talk another couple episodes of Bunheads, Martha Kelly's back. Martha, how's it going? Pretty good. I love thunderstorms. Yeah? So we're getting about to have one. Looks like it's going to be pretty serious. Um, are you a World of Dance fan? Is that the one that Jennifer Lopez is on? That's the one. I'm a would-be fan if I... Um if I knew, uh, if I watched, <laughs> <laughs> I do love people dancing well. I thought just because we've had the conversation of Step Up yeah. that uh, maybe you would watch. It's uh, Yeah, it's a lot of like, uh, I like it. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars because like, I don't want to watch celebrities not dance well. But like, right. these are just like dancers that do a lot of crazy shit. And like, some of them are children. Like little kids who are super like adorable, but also crazy good dancers. And it's like, right. oh, I'll just watch four episodes of this in a row until one in the morning. I think I would like it. And a side note, in Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeak wall, <laughs> at the end there's a talent contest at a high school and there's a dance troupe and mm. they're really good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I started to watch Step Up to the Streets and I fell out due to a, a pretty severe lack of dancing. Oh, it didn't get maybe I yeah. maybe I got to like get a little further. I only maybe watched like forty minutes or something, but like, yeah, there's like a lot. There's like a real lull. She yeah. there's like the the train sequence in the beginning, and then she has that dance off with uh, with Channing Tatum where there's trampolines in the floor. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which I don't know that that exists in nightclubs. Like, oh, quick, move these panels. We have to get to the trampolines. That's so weird. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Um, yeah, they get progressively, the plots of each Step Up sequel get progressively thinner Yeah, to where at some point it's just, just, just a, somebody, some bad guy has some bad guy dancers and <laughs> it's so weird, and, but it's fun because there's more and more dancing. Perfect. That's all. Maybe I'll just skip the three and we'll go from there. Uh, have you, I had a weird uh, movie viewing, we had a day of like not doing a whole lot yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a day off. And, uh, so we watched, we saw Black Klansman in the theater, which was Oof. very good. Spike Lee movie. Then we came home and watched Mamma Mia. Have you seen Mamma Mia? I did see it a few years ago. Okay. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> um, it's like, here's the thing. I kind of had fun watching it, but the, like... They really don't attempt to, like, string a plot together at all. There's just, like, the most basic of, like, we just have to get to these songs. Yeah. But then they book, a, they cast a few people that can't sing. Like, Pierce Brosnan is a terrible singer. I forgot he was in it. Which I get. He's one of the dads. It's him, Colin Firth, and Alexander Skarsgård, which is such a weird... Or no, Stellan Skarsgård. Sorry, Stellan Skarsgård. Uh... It's like a weird casting choice to book like this crazy serious like Swedish actor to just come like yeah dance goofily. I don't. I all I remember about it because um, I'd heard it was great and then I and I love ABBA, but yeah. I di- it didn't knock my socks off. It's like Meryl Streep runs a bed and breakfast in Greece, correct? 
her daughter's getting married and finds out three men could be her dad. That's the whole setup, and then she they the whole point is to figure out which one's her dad. But she does no. All she does to do that is to be like bring them there, and then just be like, I guess you're my dad, and then one, and they all go, yeah, I guess so. The end. They don't even know. They just all three of them go like, we'll just be your dads together, which is not how dads work. This isn't uh, my two dads. That's what I was going to say. Were you born early enough to remember my two dads? Oh, very much so. The weirdest plot of a sitcom, I think, maybe ever. The setup is your mom. This girl's mom died, Mm -hmm. so they have to. uh, They don't know who the dad is. It's one of these two dudes. It's either I think Paul Reiser or Greg Evigan. Maybe are the two dads. For sure, Greg Evigan was in it. Yeah, from BJ and the Bear. Correct. Yeah. So the judge is like, well, you'll just live with both of them, who are just strangers. And then they have to live together, it's those just, two guys. Like, well, guess, you have to live together now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. That's such a crazy premise. The reason I kind of brought up Mamma Mia, though, is so Paul Pierce Brosnan cannot sing a lick. He has a terrible voice. Uh, but he's a good actor. Right. However, this movie... Requires zero acting. Oh, you just yeah. show up. You like kind of they hang out on a boat, but it's all just like m- brief montages to get to these songs. So why cast someone? I could understand casting someone who can't kind of sing if they have to carry a lot of real acting. So you got to right. get an actor, and then we'll just get them to carry a tune. <clears throat> but like if they don't have to act, just cast somebody that can fucking sing, which is kind of what I feel. I'm starting to really feel about Bunheads, which is she doesn't really have to do that much dancing. Right. right. There's actually, the more we watch, very little dancing from her. So just get somebody who can act and then just kind of get them through the motions. Yeah. I keep thinking that um, Amy Sherman Palladino saw Foster Sutton. Sutton. Foster Sutton. Saw her on Broadway and was Sutton, like... Sutton Foster? Whatever. Oh, Sutton yeah. Foster. Yeah, yeah. Um, that she was like, I love this actress. I'm going to write a show for her. Right. That's what I assume happened. Because otherwise, yeah, get somebody who's a good actor. But and the, other, the crazy thing is, there are moments where I do think she's good. Yeah. The quiet moments with her and Fanny, when they're like having a drink... Or sitting down and talking about Michael or whatever. I think are good. And I think yeah. their chemistry is good. And I think she delivers them well. But the second she has to like kind of move and do something. Yeah. It's starting to like. I don't know. I've had to. I, there are parts in these two episodes that I really liked. And there are parts that just really bothered me. Uh, let's talk episode nine. Uh, the episode is called No One Takes Khaleesi's Dragons. Which I did not realize there was such an overlap in time between this show and Game of Thrones. Yeah, me neither. Right out of the gate, I was mad. At the moment the show (laughs) starts when she will not stop talking in line. So rude. Yeah. Like, everyone is just reading their books, minding their business, and waiting in line at this coffee shop. And she, like, at one point she starts reading. She's like, hey, can I read your book with you to that kid behind her? And then, like, turns a page before he's done. Like, just a monster. Yeah, I wrote, I'd call 911 if she was in line. <laughs> Just like once in a great while in real life, something, some funny exchange will happen with people in line. Yes. But it's brief. It's brief, and this wasn't anything realistic like might actually happen in line. Right. 
but and here's the thing, particularly with this episode, it felt like they were really trying to do a Gilmore Girls episode. Right. We've got a town hall meeting. Kirk from Gilmore Girls is the guy running the coffee shop. Like, yeah. it, I felt like the dialogue was faster than the sh- this show has been. It's super like pa 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 pa. Yeah. Um, so I felt like they were really trying to give like Gilmore Girls fans like, oh hey, this is a Gilmore Girls episode. Except she's wholly unlikable as opposed to right. uh, uh, Lorelai. And then also. The writing in this episode felt real, like, sloppy. Yeah. Right? Like, so she... It, so the premise... It starts with her, and she's found out... She, she's getting this coffee. There's a new coffee shop in town, but it's not actually new. He's just been away uh, competing in a coffee competition, and she didn't know about this place. So she's getting coffee, but it takes 20 minutes, because Kirk... Or Bash, I guess his name is in this episode. Right. Um, He's weird. Of course he is. And he doesn't let you choose your coffee. He chooses your coffee for you. And he has to ask you questions about your beans. And did you eat anything spicy today? And did you like this book or whatever? Um, (laughs) Also, your face. (laughs) (laughs) I was just wishing they could see your face because you were just silently shaking your head so disapprovingly. It's such an agreeing. I can't say that word. It's such an unnecessarily eccentric character. And also as a person who can't do a whole lot and it feels borderline. I feel borderline panic in the morning before I have coffee because I have so much caffeine that I'm my uh, physical cord mind, whatever it's called. I I knock stuff over or whatever. Um and so it made me angry and panicked that they had to wait that long for no reason. Well, because he has to draw a photorealistic picture of the guy whose coffee it is in the foam on the coffee. Oh. Uh, um, but here's the thing. If it was just that, if, this sh- if, if, if the quirk was just, this guy's a perfectionist about his coffee, but it's our small town, so we like it that way, and we put up with him because he makes a great cup of coffee. He's beat, right. He beat the fucking uh, the French and the Italians. He's got all these awards or whatever. I could kind of be okay with it. But her reaction to it is so insane that now we've got two crazy things. It needs to be one crazy person... One quirky, crazy person, and then someone who's somewhat grounded having to deal with the quirkiness, right? But right. instead, she is also, like, reading people's books and and flailing so wildly as to knock over everything in the <laughs> store. Why? Here's a question I think hasn't been addressed. She's a dancer, right? Right. As a, as a rule, fairly graceful people. Yes. Why is she so clumsy? Like, so insanely clumsy? It's so, it's really frustrating that you could make her quirky and you could make Bosch quirky, but just have it not be so outlandish that now you are irritated and aware that you're watching a TV show. Right. Like he could take a, he could take a longer time than most places without it being like, I, like later she says, I spent all morning waiting for coffee. How dare you? Also, what are you doing? Don't right. you have a school to run? You can't wait four hours for fucking coffee. Also, give him one quirk. Have his quirk be that he can't, like, you don't get to order your coffee. He knows, as the great coffee maker, what coffee you should be having. Right. That's fine. But then have him deliver that coffee in a reasonable amount of time. Have him be right. 
And then that's just a fun quirk for the character. As opposed to this lunatic who sits down to... This bothers me. Later on, he sits down to read the instructions for the espresso machine as if he doesn't know how to use it, except that he's the best coffee maker in the world. You would think he would... That move was insane. Just completely insane. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So she finds out that old friends of hers from the past, from her dancing past, is now putting on his own show of uh, something follies. Uh, I almost said said Esther's follies, but that's not right. Um, the name sounded familiar when she when they, I heard it, but I don't know what it is. Um, Zigfield Folly, something like that. Right, I can't remember either. And uh, she's like, "Oh, you know, maybe like we we worked together a million years ago. We were in this chorus up in um, fucking Kenny Bunkport or someplace, uh, Martha's Vineyard, and uh, we had this silly pact at the time that like whichever one made it first would help the other one out." Right. Right. So she's like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I can go dance. Like, I, he's, he's the guy in charge. Maybe he'll put me on the show and whatever. And she kind of has a little conversation with Fanny. And Fanny's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you, you know, call in a favor. That's what you, that's the point, right? Right. Um, meanwhile, that conversation is happening while she can't find her phone for like 10 minutes, which is I like just, uh... unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it's so, there's so much unnecessary quirkiness. That makes it all seem like you can't suspend disbelief. Right. Um, so she starts calling him to try to find, to, to like, hey, can you, you know, put me in your show or whatever. Right. But he's not returning her calls. She's saying a bunch of, oh, tell, just, uh, tell him it's uh, Michelle, uh, whoever. And, oh, tell him about the, to keep an eye out for the strawberries and the bikini bottoms. It's like a private joke we had or whatever. But he's not calling back. And she starts calling and being like, can you read me the message back to make sure it's right? And it's like, no, dummy. He's not returning your call. Yeah. Like, at one point she hears him in the background. And he's like, she's like, I know it's him. Like, what? I, like, just put him on, whatever. And she's like, fine, don't give him my message. But then that just goes away. Like, halfway through the, sto- halfway <laughs> through the episode, that whole storyline is just completely dropped. Yeah. And I it's forgot. not referenced again. There's a mo. <sighs> This episode feels very cluttered to me. There's a bunch of stuff happening that I'm not 100% sure really ties together well. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to look at my extensive angry notes. <laughs> so Sasha is now on the cheerleading squad. She's having a fight with uh, Fanny. She has left. That happened in the last episode. Right. Fanny is trying to cast the Nutcracker Suite without her. She's very mad, and she's taking it out on all the kids by just torturing them, apparently. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the kids in the beginning are like, we've been doing this for three hours. Can we please just take a break? And these are like 12 years old. These are like the yeah. little kids, not our main characters. And she says, fine, three minutes, no water and no sitting. That's not a break. That's like <laughs> that's that's like enhanced interrogation <laughs> techniques. What are you doing? Yeah, that was weird that she's... There's a lot of um, inappropriate treatment of children under the guise of, I'm just a tough, eccentric teacher. Right. Like, in one of the last episodes, one of the students brings her flowers, and the other girls say, you can't give her those cheap flowers. Yeah, they're from the gas station or whatever. She'll, yeah, she'll put you in the back of the class. if, If my niece or nephew picked a weed flower yeah yeah a dandelion from the fucking ground i'd be like that's so lovely yeah 
But course, they're like a, mean for no reason. <laughs> being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so she's having a problem with uh, casting this uh, part of the main role of Clara in the Nutcracker they're going to do. Also, can I ask you a question? What time of year is it? Yeah, impossible to tell. Right? I get that it's California, so like even if it's winter, it's not necessarily going to seem like snowy and wintry the way it would on the East Coast. But like, right. is it Christmas? Like, the Nutcracker is a Christmas play, right? Right, yes. But nothing else in the... I mean, there's a Christmas tree and shit on the set. Like, it's there's that. Yeah. But nothing else... There's no other references to Christmas. So I have no idea what time of year it is. Yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't occur to me because I grew up with... This, the seasons never change. It's a right. real bummer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's real boring. Um, Boo and... Charlie. Uh, and Jenny and Melanie, right? Oh, the yeah. The other girls. Uh, I believe this is where we find, where she finally does the thing, which I'm a fan of. Or is that the next episode? No, it's this episode. Jenny is, is completely smitten with Charlie now. Charlie being Melanie's brother, the evil piece of shit who we hate. Yeah. But she is like, can't talk around him, flustered. Right. Uh, they go to see uh, Sasha cheerlead the basketball game, and he shows up, and she's like, oh, she can't talk. She At one point, she's, he's like, she goes to get up, and he says, are you going to get more food? She goes, oh, no, I'm definitely not getting more food or going to the bathroom. I don't do that. And it's like, I mean, I, yeah. get, I get what you're doing here. She's a little, she's a girl, like a young girl. She hasn't... She, She's been dating the same boy since the second grade, which is fucking weird. Um, <laughs> it's weird to sexualize second graders. It's, yeah, that's just a, that's it just is a real really, it's yeah. bizarre, unbelievable. But she, uh, so she's supposed to be like, oh, I never de- like developed like dating skills or whatever. Right. But it's just so broad. Yeah. Like she falls down the fucking bleachers trying to leave and like. She's stepping yeah. on people. It's just an odd choice. Can I tell you a quick bleacher story from Please. my own high school days? Nothing oh. to do with boys, but okay. um, we the high school in, where I went would have graduation on the football field. Sure. So we were seeing a family friend, and I was probably eighth grade, not in high school, but the friend yeah. was. We're in the bleachers watching graduation. It's hot, and it's the summer, and a bee kept coming around. And I have a real uh, involuntary jerky reaction to <laughs> buzzing insects. And so at one point it came around again and un- involuntarily I lurched forward and grabbed the man in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then was like, sorry, there is a bee. Yeah. <laughs> I think you grabbed him like a human shield. Like you were going to, he's going to protect you I from like the bee? leaned, just like lunged into him and grabbed like a full his hug shoulder. Or just like a, okay. Just like his shoulders and trying to hide against. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. Anyway, it's fun to be a teenager. Sure. There's never an awkward moment. <laughs> at all. Uh, uh, I, I definitely didn't uh, try to wear Timberlands unlaced like a cool pin until I till I had the loop from the knot on my one Timberland caught the like hook at the top of you know uh, construction oh, no. boots. So I was like walking trying to be cool with my new uh, work boots. Definitely not Timberlands by the way. Knockoffs. And uh, those things caught like and it was like someone had tied my shoelaces together when I wasn't looking and just <sighs> ate shit down the hallway like super hard so yeah embarrassing oh, moments no. never happen when you're a teenager 
Um, That's heartbreaking. I might or might not have been wearing a purple kufi at the time because I was going through a real militant phase. Don't there was a lot. I had a lot of personalities. Um, uh, uh, so the, what I did like in this episode, uh, and actually there's a fair amount I liked. I, I know I'm shitting on it, but there's like fun. There's fun moments in this episode. I like Kirk. Honestly, it's quirky and weird as he is. I like. There's a moment where he's teaching or where she's teaching tap again. Right. And the, the girl, the woman who's in uh, the book club with Fanny, who's the mechanic on Gilmore Girls, she looks over to her and is like, let me ask you a question. Uh, Michelle's like, let me ask you a question. How long have you been taking tap? And she's like, two years. And she's like, and you're not getting any better. But she says it like yeah. that. Like she, like, and the girl, woman's like, yeah, I know. Like, that exchange, yeah. she's like, yeah, just, it's fun. Yeah. That's fine. Like, why else? You're just a woman in a town, like, doing a hobby. If right. it's fun for you, who cares if you're getting better? Just, like, have fun. And she clearly is. So yeah. I like that. I enjoyed. Uh, but what I enjoyed that was more of a like important moment, I think, is uh, she, Jenny finally admits to Melanie. She's like, Melanie's like, what's going on with you? You're acting so crazy. And she goes off on this big thing about how, oh, I like Charlie and I can't think around him and I can't form words and it's driving me crazy. And Melanie's like, well, also, by the way. She doesn't tell her she's acting crazy. She says, you've been going 50 shades of cray-cray, which is a fucking <laughs> bummer. Like, ugh. She, I, 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 like, ugh. I just had to pause it and be like, shake my head at my laptop for a minute. That's really, really bummed me out. Um, there's a few moments like that in this episode where people are saying things that don't, these girls should not be making these references or using this language. Yeah. There's a point earlier on where Jenny says, like, she misses Sasha. And uh, Melanie's like, she'd slug you if you heard you say that. She's not a fucking newspaper reporter from the 30s. <laughs> slug you? What are you talking about? Um, was it before that, before Jenny tells Melanie she likes Charlie, before that, Sasha gives that really um, middle-aged lady who's fed up speech to the other cheerleaders? I think that's later, but okay. yeah, very much, where she's like... Because the team is real bad, and she goes off about how, like, we can't keep coddling these boys because we teach, we cheer for them even though they stink, and then they go into the real world, and, and it's like, now they gotta work at Foot Locker because nobody's prepared them for failure, and they get, they drink, and they get fat, and they die of strokes at 46 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I kind of get. She, Sasha shouldn't be a cheerleader, right? right? She's fucking maudlin, and she's gothy, and whatever. Uh, so pretending to be happy would affect her. Right. But that blow up is again like something a woman much older than her. That's like it felt like almost Michelle should give that line, should yeah. give that speech or something. Uh but yeah, it felt real weird coming out of her. It's so she could have just been like, Why are we pretending they're doing well? You don't yeah, have yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. pretend that you know things that middle aged ladies have what experience right. do you have <laughs> yeah, with yeah, guys yeah, doing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Which, what, who are these forty six year old men working at Fruit Locker that you know that died of strokes? Like what world But also then yeah, mm. there's a lot of weird references where at one point so basically what I was getting to was that she, uh, Jenny tells Melanie that she likes Charlie and uh Melanie's like the fuck are you talking about you can't like charlie like boo is into charlie you know that and it's i bra code made me laugh a little bit i'll be honest like a play on bro code (laughs) it made me chuckle a little bit but uh she's like you know you can't like someone your best friend is into it's against the rules even if she moves and dates somebody else you still gotta get her permission like that's just not okay which i've been yelling at my computer at jenny or my tv at jenny this whole time which is not okay right you know she's into it you're being shitty and neglecting your fucking friend's feelings so don't be shitty 
Right. Um, so I like that moment where Melanie was like, you can't fucking do this. But even in that moment, she says something. She makes a reference to Moonstruck. Oh, yeah. What, you have to Moonstruck yourself. Yeah. Which, what does that and even I, mean? I don't, I, but also, like, this girl who is maybe 15, who they have me- referenced multiple times on this show, they don't, like, get to watch TV. Even in this episode, they ask Sasha, like, oh, what do you do with all your free time now? Because she's like, the cheerleaders really practice for an hour and sometimes less if you have cramps or zits or whatever. Right. She's like, well, what do you do with your free time? And she's like, oh, I watch TV, and I don't even have to multitask. I just watch TV. And she's like, oh, man, I miss TV. So they play it that these girls don't really have time to be watching movies and doing stuff. Right. So then why does this 16-year-old girl know about a a fairly low-key, a popular, but like, like I don't know, like a, like a, just a adult romantic comedy with Cher from the 80s? Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. And not only do you, does she know about it, but she's like, it's like right on the tip. Like, she's like, it's, it's in my reference bank. I got it right away. Like, that's going to be the line. It just seems so weird to me. Yeah, I feel like, I just feel like they cranked up the pop culture references um, to try and imitate Gilmore Girls. 100%. That's exactly but in it. Gilmore Girls, it. The every from every episode I've seen it, it's age appropriate. It makes sense. It's, and those you know. characters are pop culture obsessed characters. You show right. them all the time watching old movies and watching movies, and they go to the little theater in town. It's like just in a weird library with like books or whatever. But like that's a thing that they they established of these characters. So when they make these references, it makes sense. So when even when right. Rory, who is much younger. She watches all these old things with her mom, and she loves them. It's a big part of her character. So when she does reference an old movie, it makes perfect sense. But right. these girls don't. It doesn't make any. It's just weird. Like I don't know. It just seems. It doesn't. It doesn't fit the show. This episode's writing doesn't fit the show that it has established itself to be. Right. I agree. Um, also, I will say this about these two episodes. There's a couple of moments where I was watching, and I was like. I would say, I'd be like, oh, whatever happened to, and then with like a minute, it would just come up. Like, uh, at one point, I was like, whatever happened to that surfer dude that Boo was talking to, that was working with at the, the seafood restaurant or whatever. And then like two seconds later, here's surfer dude. Right. And she's flirting with uh, with Michelle or whatever. Um, yeah. I f- that part, to me, is weird. It's pr- so predictable, the... Of course. And I'll, well, I have a big... Oh boy, do I have a problem with something that happens. I'll get it's going to come up at the end. But um so again in another attempt to appeal to Gilmore Girls fans, they have a town meeting. So what so the other part of this episode is the girls are preparing a dance for the opening of this new supermarket. And right. it's going to be a fancy supermarket, Boo says, that has Chinese food takeout and a coffee shop in it and what and a, a stamps. She says at one point stamps like that's fancy. Um, and Michelle has this huge blow up at Bash, the coffee guy, and she's like, you know what, screw you, in a week this new place is going to be open and I can get all the coffees I want with garlic chicken and donuts and blah blah blah, so screw this place or whatever. And then she right. finds out the, the, uh, caught the supermarket's Supermarket. not opening. Uh, the, the town association, which I laughed because it's so dumb... It's called... Where is it? I wrote it down. Uh, it's called the Association for the Preservation of Keeping It Real in Paradise. <laughs> which is so dumb. Um, she finds out that they've got them on a zoning ordinance and they're not... They get, like, 
they've tried to get him out of town. So right. Michelle organizes a meeting uh, by lying to everybody in the town to get him to come to this meeting. She tells an old guy they're throwing a birthday for him, a birthday party because he's 90 years old. They tell this Jewish couple that there's going to be a bris. But also, why would a Jewish couple just show up for a bris <laughs> of someone they don't know? At nine o'clock at night at a dance studio, like that, such a doesn't make any sense. But she got she gets the uh, meeting together, and of course, she's immediately putting her foot in her mouth. Where she's like, "We have to get a new supermarket. The only market in town is that Joe's market, and it's creepy. And the only it's small. And I bet Joe's a real creep, which is like a very unnecessary. And also, you know, all these people fucking know Joe. Why would you open by shitting on the person they all clearly like? They're here to defend his business. And, of course, Joe is on the fucking board behind her. It's so obvious. The rest of the board is made up of the lady from the tap dancing class, the the creepy uh, guy who provides the dance, like, shoes and stuff for the girls who is always talking about tushes in the previous episode. Yeah. And then some other guy. And she gives a speech about how we need to have uh, this supermarket. She's like, but I also, the one thing I will say about this scene is that I... I liked it. I liked the way the people on the on the board defended certain of their actions. And by that I mean she goes, well, what about convenience? If you want a bottle of wine with your dinner, you have to go from Joe's and then drive all the way across town to the liquor store. With the supermarket, they'll all be in one place. Right. And uh, they say, well, yeah, but the kids trying to buy beer... They are either dissuaded from having to walk all the way across town, or at least they get some exercise. Right. And it's like, all right, that's like small town quirky shit that like kind of is like, oh, that's actually a little bit reasonable. It's kind of funny. Right. Um, they talk talking about how like we actually did the environmental studies, and they're like, it's going to have an impact on the fucking fish. They're going to all have two heads, and it's going to kill all the ducks and blah blah blah. Uh, and I think she kind of realizes she's. You know, in over her head, these people are not gonna. Right. They don't want the supermarket, and they've been keeping the supermarket away for years or whatever. Um, but that leads into a moment with Surfer Boy, who has shown up for this meeting, obviously mm-hmm. just to flirt with her, and he's like taking down like the chairs or whatever, helping her clean up the studio, and she says like. He's like, you know what your problem is? You think you can control everything, and you can't. And it's in the dumbest, like, surfer bullshit. Like, (laughs) you just got to let go. And he's like, if I take you surfing, you'll just submit to the ocean. It's like, shut shut up. And, like, at least to her credit, she's like, I bet that line works a lot on people, but I'm significantly older than you, and I'm not falling for your bullshit. Um, They have a moment. He's like, we'll see. I'm going to flirt with you. I like you, whatever. And she's like, this is never going to happen. I'm too right. old for you, blah, blah, blah. The end of the episode, she's like, I'm never going to get my, I'm never going to get coffee now because the fucking supermarket's gone and I've pissed off Bash. The end of the episode, he sends her a coffee pot. Like, she comes home and uh, on the bench outside her door is like a gift bag. And right. in it is a coffee pot. Right. And she reacts like, coffee pot of course like like the idea of buying a coffee pot was just never never uh, hit her mind you're an adult woman <laughs> it drives me so crazy how incompetent in all things she is it made me crazy first of all i am not in favor of big corporations squeezing out small businesses sure but the fact that the gas station coffee sounds like a nightmare, a nightmare, and then the 
the fancy coffee guy. You just you can't spend all morning getting coffee. coffee. It's not feasible. And the anxiety I felt about I felt like they have to get this supermarket. I can't. <laughs> they I need can't something. stand the idea that you could live someplace without access to coffee. It made me forget the obvious. Right. And then at the very end, I got really mad and I wrote, wait a minute, this whole fucking time Michelle could have just gotten a coffee maker? <laughs> like, I was so anxious about it. And I was like, it's, fuck. It's not even like an espresso machine. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like some like, oh, he she really likes uh, espresso or lattes or something. So he right. got her a fancy one. It's just a fucking coffee pot. It's so insane and made me so mad that I had overlooked the obvious answer because of the just the idea of you can't if you're addicted to caffeine, you can't live someplace where you, you can't, can't get, get coffee. coffee. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh the other thing that happens here is that mm. Michelle goes to see Sasha at the football field where they're supposed to be practicing uh for the cheerleading thing. But the cheerleaders are now all depressed because of the speech she gave them about the boys shouldn't be cheered or whatever for being bad at sports. So they're all just sitting on the sideline and she's just up in the bleachers being Sasha. As a former teenage girl, I can tell you that is not how that would have. <laughs> they would have all just been like, "You Bullied can't, you, you can't you be can't a cheerleader." cheerleader yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. would have been like, "This, you're you're wrong. We're right. Right. Bye." Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it was such a weird moment. But I did actually kind of liked. I kind of liked that scene with her and Sasha. Yeah, because it felt like one. She's giving reasonable advice, where right. it's like you. Do, she's basically telling her like, "Look, you. I know you're mad at Fanny, and you're going through your shit. But like, you don't want to quit ballet now. You've put right. way too much work into it. It's a thing you will regret in the future. And I know you don't think that now, but as someone who's been here, trust me. And it was like yeah. a reasonable, it's reasonable advice that she's giving as opposed to when she's talking to everybody else, the other ones about boys. And she's always like, fuck everybody, have a shot. And it's like, <laughs> maybe calm down a little bit. Um, but so I like that scene. And there's also a little moment that made me chuckle a little bit where she's like, listen to the person who has a really embarrassing picture of you on their cell phone. And she's like, what? And then she takes out the cell phone and takes a picture of her, her goofy cheerleading outfit. Right. And I was like, see, that kind of rapport is like playful and fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, that's a reasonable kind of like, I'm an older person, younger person relationship where it's like, there's yeah. no boundaries being crossed, but you're still like t- treating them somewhat like an equal in a goofy way. Like that right. to me was fine. Um, we'll get into the next episode in a second where she uh, obliterates all boundaries. But uh, the other thing happening in this episode is that Boo and uh, so Boo uh, likes Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl shows up to tr- to uh, rehearse their dances, but Carl is very much like, "Look, you embarrassed the shit out of me in the last yeah. episode. Your friends were fucking shitty to me. You didn't stand up for me." Uh, so, like, we're just fucking dancing. And right. the sooner we can get this over, the better. I was so sad. I was very sad. <laughs> but also, I was like, like I have down here, like, Angry Char- angry Carl's a bummer. But, like, he's right. He's like, totally He should right. be standing up for himself because yeah. this is not okay. Yeah. Um. So she pulls him aside to talk to him towards the end of the episode and tells her, like, basically, he's like, you know, I, I'm sorry that I didn't stand up for you. I don't know why I didn't say anything, but I really like you. Uh, I think of you as more than a dance partner, blah, blah, blah. 
and he leans in and gives her a big kiss. She's clearly into the kiss. It's not, right. you know, there's no consent issues. This is clearly a good moment. But then Melanie and Jenny show up, and Melanie's screaming about how she's fucking wants to date Charlie. And Boone's like, you know I like Charlie. Why would you do that to me? And then Carl's like, well, what the fuck am I standing here for? Yeah. And he leaves. And I was like, Carl, I like you. You're going to have to get yourself some self-respect here at some point, bud. Like, you should have been mad. She apologized. You, you were like, okay, that's fine. She does it again. She comes back and starts talking about some other dude while, like, a second after making out with you. Yeah. You, you, you got to, like, you got to be a man at some point. Well, did you not think him leaving was doing I that? did, for sure. I, and I think my issue, I, I think my problem is I'm blending these two episodes together. Because gotcha. we got more storyline coming up. So I guess in that moment, yeah, he's like, I'm leaving, whatever. And I just felt bad for him in that moment. It just felt, yeah. like, shitty to him. It was, I was sad. I wrote, oh, no, oh no booze blowing it with Carl. I really, that, <laughs> I really want those two to yeah. succeed because it's two sweet characters that genuinely like each other. Absolutely. And are, like, sweet in the same way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they make sense together. It's, like, it's good. I would... Oh, no, go ahead. No, please go ahead. I would just say for sure the kiss is consensual, but it's a it's a um unrealistic TV movie thing for a guy to just grab a woman that 100%, way. 100%. Like absolutely. take it easy. No, for sure. I It's too fast. It's too and fast. He grabby. comes in. I think he grabs her face, which is never a good move. But also I kind of read it a little bit of these are two inexperienced teenage kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think maybe part of it, I think part of that is that, if that makes sense. Um, they know shitty movies, like, or not shitty movies, but like, they know Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, right? right. And I think Fred Astaire would lean in and give her a kiss, big kiss like that. So maybe I think, I think they're trying to play on that a little bit. Yeah. On the other hand, there is a way more problematic moment where, uh, uh, surfer boy and Michelle are talking and he's flirting with her and okay. she's like this is never going to happen and he says no is just another way of oh. saying yes <laughs> oh boy not okay Amy Sherman Palladino not okay it was um yeah just a few short years ago uh, people could get away with that a lot worse shit um which brings us to episode 10, unless you have anything else you want to bring up from that episode. Um, no, but is that... No, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was momentarily very happy uh, that Boo and Carl got back together and then sad at the end. Uh, which brings us to episode 10. And uh, let me just get a quick overlay of the episode. It is Nutcracker time. It's their biggest dance of the year. Uh, these two weeks of shows are the biggest time of the year for the dance studio. She says at some point, that's how I make most of my money for the year, is this run of shows. Um, she is at, Fanny has asked Michelle to choreograph one of the dances in the Nutcracker Suite. Right. Um, and when she shows, she's like, okay, but remember, like, it's I need to put finishing touches, blah, blah, blah. We open the door, and she goes, oh, she tells her, like, oh, remember that we... Uh, there's a temp filling in for Clara, or for the Clara character, right. which should yeah. be Sasha. Right. And when she opens the door, Sasha's there. Yeah. And they have a dance. They do the dance. And I thought the dance was actually pretty good. 
Yeah. Um, I actually like the dance sequence. The it's I don't know Nutcracker like that, so I don't know what it's supposed to be. But she says like, oh, we modern it up. The guys in the suits are the are the rats because they're Wall Street guys, and Wall Street guys are rats. And then right. there's some cops or whatever, and uh, Fanny's like, I love it. She's super into it. She's clearly just happy that Sasha's back. Right. All that's great. There, uh, but then this other girl shows up, and she's very good at dancing, quite clearly. Yeah. Um, and the she goes, ringer. oh, no, it's the ringer. Uh, when Sasha wasn't here, I called down, I made arrangements, and I called down to San Francisco, and they sent up the ringer. She doesn't have a name. Everyone just calls her the ringer. Um, and now she's afraid to tell this woman, this girl that you're not going to be Clara because... She's the ringer, I guess. Yeah, I she, don't... It's kind of doesn't make sense. She's a child, and yeah. you hired her. So just, like, you either pay her and send her home or put her in another role. It shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Um, but Fanny, being a great actress, does play it pretty well, I thought, where she she tells uh, Sasha, part of your punishment is that you have to go tell her that she's not going to be Clara. And she's like, wait a second, wait a second. And then she, like, sneaks out the door. She goes, okay, now. And she runs away. Like, yeah. that, was, that was fun to me. Um... So, the overarching episode story of this episode is that she is going to. There's this big Nutcracker suite happening. Uh, there's some sort of like fundraiser dinner at the restaurant. And here's another moment of uh, where I was like, oh, I wonder what happened to a couple minutes before the scene. I was like, I wonder what happened to that like beach bum dude that ran the restaurant. Rico. Rico shows up a couple minutes later. It's almost like the show is like, oh, we uh, also forgot about him. Let's throw him some work. <laughs> Um. So while that's happening, Michelle, uh, Fanny asks Michelle. Fanny basically tells Michelle that Michael, the new boyfriend or longtime boyfriend but new to the show, uh, wants to go to Montana. He's always talking about Montana, right. and uh, I will. I want to. I rent. I want to rent a cabin for a couple months over the summer, and I was hoping you would run the studio for me for two or three months while I'm right out in Montana with uh, with my boyfriend. And Michelle says, fine. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be great. Which I thought was an interesting moment of growth for her. Where, like, that's a commitment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like two weeks, I'm going on vacation. Three months is a long time. Right. And it kind of shows that that character's, like, settling into being here. And sort of being a part of this community and this dance studio and all that. Right. So I kind of like that. Uh, of course, Michelle will fuck that up because she has no respect <laughs> for boundaries or reasonable ideas of what she should be doing. Oh, yeah. Oof. I just, I keep, things keep coming back to me about this episode. Mm -hmm. A lot of, oof. She, uh, so the girls are all fighting with each other because Jenny likes Charlie and Boo likes Charlie and is mad at Jenny and Melanie is mad because uh, Jenny should know better and blah, blah, blah. And she makes the, she basically, she causes peace. She uh, Michelle's like, all right, boo, you're in the car, all right? So it should be okay with you if uh, she dates Charlie, right? And she's like, right. yeah, it's fine. And then Melanie, so if boo's okay with it, you should be okay with it. She makes a, she makes a peace pact between the girls. Right. So she's like, oh, I'm giving good advice. Then later at this fundraiser dinner, she tells boo, like, like boo's all sad. And she's like, why? He's like, I, I blew it with Carl before I even knew I liked him or whatever. Uh, and like, actually, the line she says I like, she's like, you did the damage, you have to go make it right. Like, you, right. Hurt, his, you hurt his feelings. Like, you did the damage, you have to go make it right. Yeah. Which is good advice to give a 16-year-old girl. Right. It is okay for you as an adult 
to, I don't want to say mingle in the affairs of children, but like, this girl clearly needs your advice. You are somewhat of a confidant to her. Right. It is perfectly reasonable for you to tell her, go talk to him. Go try to make it better. Boo uh, grabs a microphone, gets on stage, and makes it a very public announcement, which yeah. was uncomfortable, but also very sweet in a way. It was sweet when she said, um, you liked me, and I was lucky, and I didn't realize it. Yeah. And that, but also, it's just, just... It's so long. A public... Uh, I wrote... Why does why do these people have to get dragged into this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to eat fucking canapes and give money to this ballet thing. I don't need to be part of this moment. Um without breaking my anonymity, I'll just say I'm I'm in more than one twelve step program. Right. And occasionally somebody will apologize to the group and it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> you don't ever want that. Yeah. It's so awkward. Uh but everyone in this town is just like literally like just puts down their drinks. You're like, let's watch this for a while. Like there's yeah. nobody like goes like, oh, this is weird. Everyone's just like, oh, smiles. And to be fair, she does a good job. Yeah. She does kind of like give like like it's heartfelt. It's age appropriate. Like the way she the words she or set she's saying feel like something a sixteen year old girl would say. I right. don't think she would say it on fucking stage into a microphone. That's weird. But yeah. like the words seem right. And then there's a. I thought the dance was very sweet, yeah, and very effective. That was she basically cute. They, she's like, so if you ever, I know we're not doing the thing, but if you ever, if uh, Fred ever wants his ginger back, I'll be here or whatever. And then he comes down. He they're gonna go dance, and he's like clumsy a little bit, and they just have this like very sweet dance to Rainbow Connection, yeah. uh, which you can't make a you can't do anything not sweet to Rainbow yeah. Connection. It's a <laughs> lovely song. Uh, and they just have this really sweet dance and really sweet moment, and I really liked it. Like I'll be honest with you, that whole sequence worked really well for me. There's a moment in it where Michelle, like at, at one point during the apology speech, uh, Fanny looks at Michelle and is like, "You got to get up there and save her. This is uh, like bad." She right. goes, "Yeah, I'm going. I'm going." She like throws back a shot, and then it takes a beat, and Michelle and uh, Boo gets to keep talking for a little while, and it kind of turns to like being pretty good. Yeah. And Fanny's like, sit, sit down. And she's like, I'm sitting, I'm sitting. And she like lets her finish. Uh, very sweet. Yeah. I thought that was very sweet. It also reminded me, I saw the Muppet movie when I was a kid and sure. forgot. The Rainbow Connection is the opening of the movie with Kermit sitting on a log in a marsh just yeah. singing by himself. <laughs> when I saw it on YouTube a few, couple years ago. It made me cry. This sure. is so sweet. Mm -hmm. It's the best. Oof. And then later when they come back to it and he's they're riding the bicycle. It's amazing. They're riding the tandem bike, right? Isn't um, that the same song? Yeah, but I can't. I it's been, I never. I haven't seen the movie since I was literally like. I hear you. It's actually pretty pretty worth a watch. It's pretty. I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty I just, great. Oh. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Well, no, the Great Muppet Caper I think is the better Muppet movie, but the original one is also pretty great. Um, oh Kermit! I learned how to play Rainbow Connection on the piano when I was a kid. We had to take piano lessons, which I didn't like, but I did love learning that song. Yeah, do you, can you still play any songs on the piano? That maybe I could play part of a song from memory, but yeah. like I just in high school. I well, I feel like I if you like, don't keep up on it, right, it's got to be hard. Yeah. Um. 
so Boogman and Carl back, but meanwhile, uh, um, Sasha and the Ringer are having some weird thing where the Ringer's like, I'm gonna, she's like, I'll take, uh, she says something, she's, oh, she wrote it down, she has like a weird line where, <laughs> first off, uh, Sasha says to her at one point, your, your ballet slipper should be red, and the ringer says, I wrap my feet in cellophane so the blood doesn't soak through. Ugh. You are a child! Yeah, but... <laughs> Something should be done! And then Sasha says, that's not what I mean, but what, yeah. what did she mean? I don't know what she meant. Oh. I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it either. I don't know what she meant at all. Um, oh, yeah, that was... Ugh. Yeah, the ringer says something along the lines of, like, I'll, uh... She basically tells like you're not you know I'll take that your the ribbon in your hair or whatever that Clara has to wear is like Sasha's like that's mine now whatever and she's like uh, I'll leave. Or she's like you can leave or whatever and she's like I'll leave after I take my bow as Clara or whatever like she's right um, and she's following Boo around the restaurant and she's like well what if something happens to you what if you get abducted by aliens what if some guy grabs you off the side of the road and throws you in a van because she has it's going to be the understudy or whatever right um. Sasha calls her the toe, the toe shoe Terminator. At one point, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop dancing after I take my bow in the Nutcracker as Clara, is what Ringer says. Um, so Sasha's having this thing with her. She's also meeting a boy. She meets a boy who's working as like a busboy at the oh, restaurant, yeah. mm-hmm. who used to be on the basketball team or whatever. They'll right. meet in the hospital later. They all end up in the hospital. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, I thought fine. I thought their interaction was actually fine. Like, it felt kid-like a little bit at least. Sasha's hiding from this girl and he, like, moves a thing that she's hiding behind and they just have a little moment. But I thought it was fine. Later on, I'm less into that guy. But in this moment, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Which also leads to Jenny. She's there with Charlie. She's got to have a little date with Charlie. And uh, Charlie goes to kiss her at the end of the date and she full on headbutts him in the mouth <laughs> like yeah. splits his lip open uh she's kind of bleeding from a tooth uh yeah. it was kind of funny also like awkward yes Jenny's only dated one boy this boy is much taller than her I get there's like an awkwardness what I don't like and I can't believe I'm about to stand up for fucking Charlie <laughs> but I'm gonna for a second he Pulls up to the dance studio or somewhere where they are, and he's got another a different girl in the car. Right. And, Jen, and we're supposed to be like, oh, fucking Charlie. I would hardly say these two are exclusive. Yeah. Right? Like, you had one date, which wasn't even really a date. You just sat together at an event you were both at for a little while, and then you busted his mouth open. Like, um, m- maybe he changed his mind at that point. Yeah, I mean... T- it, as an adult, totally, he totally has a right to change his mind. But why does he have to bring a girl to the one place that he knows for sure Jenny would I be? I hear you. Not great. Not great. I just feel yeah. like there's a there's a moment where she is. I mean, she the whole episode is her putting way too much emphasis on this quote unquote relationship, right? Right. She's talking to that little girl. She's talking about in the at the if you know. I don't want to talk about... I may be too early to talk about prom because it's two years from now. But yeah. if I haven't already fucked him, I'll have to get a hotel. Like, this yeah, really weird ugh. conversation where that girl's like, you know I'm 12, right? <laughs> like, this is very inappropriate. Which felt like something someone should have said to Amy Sherman Palladino when she was writing it. Like, right. this is just weird. 
Yeah. Um, so the whole episode is her putting way too much emphasis on whatever this thing is. Um, to the point where it makes her and Melanie fight again for some reason, which I don't 100% she, understand. She she irrationally blames Melanie for making oh, for her Char- feel like she has to get up and leave too quick. Yeah, and you messed why. up my timing or whatever she said. Yeah. But it, it should have been like... He comes to the the first time that he and Ginny explicitly say they want they're going to hang hang out together. Right. He comes to the dance studio and says, "Do you like something to you the wanna, uh, like, you want to go somewhere where the scenery isn't so revolting because she's yeah. like always being shitty with the sister." And it's like, why do you like this guy? You I, love dancing, and he's shitting on it. Well, he's also just shitting specifically on your friend, his right. sister, like. And then he's a total. When she headbutts him, he's, he's not just great a, about it. He's yeah, just yeah. a dick about it. He's just being the same character he's been the whole time, which is why do you like? He's. I don't understand why anybody likes him. I guess he's like a cute boy or whatever. I don't. It's hard. He is, but like, if someone is aggressively mean, it all but the most damaged people, people will yeah. be revolted. You would think. Um, Except in bunheads. Where nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. At one point, so they're at this, at the, uh, they're still at the restaurant. The restaurant scene kind of goes on for a while. They even make a comment of it. I think um, Fanny at one point goes like, oh, this night's going forever. What time is it? Yeah. It's like 9.15. I think it's going to go to 10 or whatever. Um, but Fanny tells uh, uh, Michelle, she's upset. And Michelle's asking why. And she tells her that. Montana wasn't about them together. Right. He has bought a piece of land that he's going to build a house on. She's like, he's a musician. I don't know what he knows about building houses or whatever. But he's going to build a house. Uh, and it, was just, it wasn't about them together. It was about him. This is his dream or whatever. Right. And Michelle's like, well, did you tell him about, about the cabin and what uh, you wanted and all this stuff? And she's like, no, because I know him and I know how he'll react and... I'll talk. I will tell him whatever I want to tell him on my own terms, essentially. Right. To which, of course, Michelle ignores all of that information. Oof. Goes to Michael immediately, tells her that. Well, you know that Fanny had rented this cabin. She's like, he's like, did she says like I heard about Montana, and he's like, yeah, I'll buy a little place with maybe room for a recording studio in the back or whatever. And she's like, well, what about Fanny? And you know, do you see picture Fanny in Montana? And he kind of laughs. He's like, oh, Fanny in Montana or whatever. And she just tells him, like, oh, but she wants to be with you, like, in a real way. And she she rented this cabin for you guys to stay there for three months or whatever. And he's immediately, he's like, oh, so thank you for the information. Yeah. I have to make a phone call. <laughs> and then we never see Michael again. He's just gone. He's out. Right. Uh, and we'll find out later that he has left. Doesn't she wake up and he's gone or something? Well, she fi- we don't see it, but he tells, she tells, uh, Fanny tells Michelle that, like, I don't understand why he just left, like, you know, this morning I woke up and he was gone or whatever. Right, which is shitty even if... Super shitty. Even if you're not um, steady, even if you're not, you are you know... are 60-something-year-old adults. Yeah. You have the conversation. That's fucking yeah. shitty, obviously. The only possible turnaround is if he comes back and is like, I went to Montana to sell the land. I didn't realize yeah. you wanted to be together. I don't know that I'm gonna. That's gonna happen. But like, it could. There's that, like a ten percent chance that could happen. 
That hadn't occurred to me, but it made me really happy when you said that. I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> I really things like, can I, happen. I did like them very much together. Yeah. And maybe that's just me holding out hope because I do like them so much together. Um, I do like them together, and I like the idea that it could turn out good. Let's get to the meat of it. Well, also, there's one other thing that happens at that fucking dinner, which is, uh, first off, Melanie and uh, uh, Michelle and Fanny are throwing shots back pretty uh, pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, Surfer Boy shows up. They're at the jukebox and they just start like making out pretty hard in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah. Um, he says like he she says something to the fellas like what are you doing here like or why'd you come to this or whatever and he's like to see you because I knew you'd be here. And she goes, oh, like, oh, right to the point. No flirting or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to Australia in a week, so I don't have time to play games or whatever. And she's like, what are you going to do in Australia? He's going to fucking surf, you idiot. You know what he's going to do. That's the only thing his character has. He surfs and he works in a fucking bar. What else is he doing? He's going to do a research study. He's going to fucking work. He's going to surf. Um, and they just start making out. Like, that's basically the exchange. He's like, what song are you playing? This song? She's like, no, this song. He's like, I was close. They just start making out in front of everybody. All these yeah. kids' parents, like... And it's the kind of making out that it wouldn't be appropriate even if she wasn't at a function with her students and right. their parents. Just two people yeah. making full-on making out for that long well, yeah, in, at a, in the middle of the room. Right. Well, no one wants to see that. Well, I don't care it's, how old it's also are. played in contrast to... Uh, Boo and Carl have a little kiss after their dance or whatever, which is like sweet and innocent. And you right. see the rest of the restaurant go like, "Oh, that's so sweet." They just had this dance. She had this weird moment. Good for them. The two kids kissed and sweet. And then it cuts to these two, this fucking drunk bitch and this dude, <laughs> just like sloppy making out on the jukebox. Yeah, it's too so much. Weird and doesn't and not a. And also, like, I don't have a problem with her making out with the surfer. You're an adult. He's an adult. Right. It's consensual. Like, I don't really think you need to be concerned about Hubble in any way. Like, you didn't really care right. about him like that, which is going to be weird when we get to this dream sequence. But so I don't have an issue with that. But, like, just don't be gross. Go, yeah. Just go to your car or be in the parking lot or something. Like, yeah. It was yeah. Gross. It's always grosses me. It doesn't gross me out if people have affection in public, but sure. if they start making out, you're just like, why are you dragging all of us into your bedroom? <laughs> huh. So, there is a... It's the night of the of the Nutcracker. Uh, Fanny... I like Fanny's outfit a lot, honestly. This sort of weird, like, ringleader tuxedo oh, yeah. cape thing. I enjoyed it. Uh her eye, her eyelashes are crooked, yeah. and uh, she needs eyelash glue. And M- Michelle's like, ah, "Don't worry about it. I got my zombie apocalypse Las Vegas slut bag," is what she says, which is a very weird thing to call it. Uh, <laughs> it's your bag. I don't know why you, like you would insult yourself, uh, but it's basically she's like, "I brought it to every show. It's got everything you could possibly need." She's like, "I got cash. I got protein bars. I've got fucking boob tape. I've got whatever." Right. Um, she's like, I got fancy mace. And so she's like, fancy mace? Yeah, it's mace in a fancy jar. So when I pull it out on the zombie mugger and he sees that, he goes, oh, what's that? I'm not scared of that. He's like, yeah, you should be. It's mace or whatever. Yeah. She got the glue. She glues her eyelashes back on. The dance is happening. It's going fine. 
Uh, Sasha comes back. She goes, how, Michelle says, how's it going out there? She says, uh, oh, it's, I think the uh, AC isn't working or something like that. Because she's like, uh, like, we're all starting to stink. Oh. Right? I thought that's what it was. I forgot. I couldn't. It was something where she was like, everybody needs a spray. Yeah. So she's like, all right, everybody line up, line up, line up. And she starts spraying everyone. But of course, she has reached into the bag. She has pulled out the mace. And she has, she has maced the entire fucking recital. Every person, which is a little weird because there's a couple people on stage. I don't know how they wandered back in and continued to get maced. Like, <laughs> uh, but she maces herself. Maces she maces herself. all the kids. The kids start wandering out onto this. Like, I have to go out on stage. Where's the door? And they go out and they're bumping into each other. Yeah. Um, this is connected to nothing at all. Uh, you ever heard of the concept of an indigo child? Mm-mm. I wouldn't imagine you would. It's dumb. It is part like super crystal hippie people, okay, and part kind of alien conspiracy theory people. The okay. idea being that these children are the next step in evolution, and basically you can tell if you have an indigo child because they don't like rules. They're very creative. It's just fucking like hmm, so- a way of saying my kid is special. But, like, really special. And you have to foster them. You shouldn't make them stand in line. They hate standing in lines. They have all these dumb rules. Uh, But I was watching some shitty documentary. Uh, The alien conspiracy theory is that the next evolution is that they're alien hybrids. It's fucking... It's real dumb. Wait, is there a documentary I can watch about Uh, it? You can YouTube Indigo Children. There's a ton of it. The one I saw, and I'll try to find the link for you, was they were at this fucking, like, class for Indigo kids. And it's, like, parents Mm -hmm. and their kids. And they're like kids are the indigo kids are very um, intuitive and perceptive. Like uh, basically, what they do is they blindfold these kids and tell them to walk across this room, and they'll be able to feel the other kids around them, and they'll be able to know where to walk and not like whatever. So they blindfold all these kids and they push them out on this floor, and immediately they're all just fucking knocking heads into (laughs) each other, tripping over each other and shit. My favorite thing in the world, and that's basically what's happening at this ballet studio, except they've all been maced. they're step like people are stepping on each other's faces. I liked very much that in the chaos, Carl is like, "Boo, where are you? I'm coming for you, Boo!" And he, she's like, she starts yelling, so he has to like crawl to her. I thought that yeah. was sweet. Um, but yes, the whole dance studio gets maced. Um, can I just say I thought that she thought they wanted hairspray. It might have been, but if not, even if it was hairspray or the other where it was supposed to be a fragrance yeah. because they were Why sweating. Why are you putting it in their eyes? Why did you spray everybody in the face? Directly in the face. I yeah. don't know what it, she. You don't ever spray fragrance in the face. Sasha comes in and says something to her, and she's like kind of patting down her forehead or whatever. Yeah, uh, like with like a like a towel or a sponge, like for a sweat. So I don't know if it was supposed to be some sort of like mist thing. I don't. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was supposed yeah. to be. She picked. Well, what she does first is pick up one can that's like big. It yeah. looks like a hairspray can. And she sprays it, and she's like, oh, that's out. It's empty or whatever. She's like, hold on. I got another one. She goes in the bag, and that's when she grabs the mace, which is a right. very differently shaped can, by the way. Yeah. Um, and she had just handled it moments before when showing yeah. it to Fanny. Yes, absolutely. Uh, mere moments before. Ugh. So they end up at the hospital. Um, all the girls are like, they've got like ice packs or whatever. The doctor's like, we flushed their eyes. They've given them ice. They're going to be fine. Um... She's like, I got to take care of you. Michelle's trying to go around and like check on all the kids. Like, where's this one? Where's this one? Where's this one? Uh, she's like, I need you to come with me. I got to take care of you. There's a mildly funny moment where she's like, 
talking to a cardboard cutout of a nurse as opposed <laughs> to the nurse, which is like mildly funny, except why does this hospital have a cardboard cutout of a nurse? Like, are they advertising? Are they advertising in the hospital for the, ho- I don't understand. What yeah. That was. Um, but she goes into this room with Fanny and, uh, Fanny is upset, but somewhat reasonable about it. Right. Yeah. She's not, I mean, she's not happy. Obviously at first she tells her like, you know, it's, I'm going to be lucky if I don't get dragged into court over this. Like, I, how, I can't believe you maced everybody, which is all perfectly reasonable. And she's like, these kids are in my care and you fucking blinded them. Like, all of that's reasonable. But she's also not, like, over-the-top furious. She's upset, right. as she should be. But she's kind of whatever. And then she sits down and she's like, and plus now with Michael gone. And then she's like, what do you mean Michael's gone? She's like, yeah, I, woke, I don't know. I woke up this morning. He was gone. It's so weird. And Michelle's like, what do you mean? After I explained everything to him? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I told him everything about the cabin and you guys being together and the whole thing. And and, uh, Fanny is, of course, like, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you put your fucking nose in my business? I'm an adult. I made my own decision. Like, I was so mad at Michelle through that whole thing to where... Fanny now is furious, and she's like, it's not bad luck, it's you. You're the bad luck. Ever since you showed up, ever since Hubble, she says, and then she kind of, like, yeah. pulls her shit together and is like, I have to go talk to these parents. Uh, why don't you stay in here? Fanny is so, like, the actress, uh, I'll, I'm blanking on her name, is so good. Yeah. She is the only, even as, like, oh, I'm a quirky dance art person, she's still believable. And when she has these moments, they're real and grounded and good. Is it Kelly Bishop? That's it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Kelly Bishop. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love her. Which leads us to the dream sequence. I will. Can I just please, say please the say beginning, anything. the beginning of the dream, I was glad about because it was showing Sutton Foster singing and dancing like she would on Broadway. And Absolutely. she is really good. Very talented. And it's very similar to the previous dreams that she's had, where she's at this audition. This is like a different song, but it's like that same setup. There's a guy playing the piano. She's at this little spotlight. Um, yeah, I'm glad we got to see her do what she's great at And like at sing doing. very well. And yeah. yeah, for sure. But the, the, the dream goes on, and now Hubble's in the dream. And Oof. they're just having weird dreamy dialogue that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but like is a dream at one point they wander into a room and there's a bunch of porcelain frogs and she he's like they're all broken and she he's like well these four are okay and then the silhouette of the four main girls kind of dance into the background and i was like oh those those the four he's talking about that she's kind of had this relationship with but if that's the case are the other kids broken? They seem fine. Like they, the other kids just seem like they're in a dance studio. I didn't get that yeah. at all. They have some weird. She tells, she asks him like, "Would this have worked out? Would I have stayed?" He doesn't really give her an answer. It's just very like wandering in and out of different rooms and different costumes and yeah. asking weird dialogue that doesn't. That is like either too on the nose, like the frog thing with the four girls, or too vague that it doesn't make any sense. Um, but also, just common sense would say, no, it wouldn't have worked out. You never, yeah, 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 you yeah. never wanted to be around this guy. You had a low moment at a failed audition, and you got drunk and married him. Of course, it wouldn't have worked out. If you had liked him, 
You would have gone out with him way before that. He says at one point in the dream when they're looking over the at the frogs, uh, he says, I need glue. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he says, I need glue. And she says, you're my glue. Oh. Or you were my glue. Yeah. Was he? You barely knew him. Yeah, you can't. I would say, so I'm 50 years old and I don't... Uh, it took me a long, long time to realize, like, you can't really even get to know someone totally, even in, like, six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even, you could be in a relationship with someone for a few years, and they could still have a side of themselves that, that they've don't. never shown you. Right. How, what? Yeah. 48 hours? It's very weird. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. Also, I don't know why I had to announce that I'm 50. <laughs> I think it's fine. Also, I think it's come up before, so don't worry about it. Also, so she comes out of this dream. She's laying in bed in the hospital. She goes out into the hallway, and very rightfully so, all the parents are like, "Get rid of that fucking woman. She yeah. maced our children." Uh, she one guy does say, and just the other night, she had sex with that surfer guy at the bar, like. No, they didn't have sex. It was a gross makeout, but like they didn't fuck in the bar. I'm sure they right. went home or whatever. Um, but yeah, she should be fired. She maced a bunch of children. They're yeah. like she's irresponsible. She's unstable. Those things are all kind of correct. Yeah. Um, I wrote. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Michelle shouldn't be around kids. That is just yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat. That's there's she's no perfectly reasonable. She's. It's not understandable what she did or has been doing the whole time as she's leaving the kids all hear them the parents yelling they know she's hearing it and they do a dead poet society sasha stands up oh captain yeah. my captain they all stand up oh captain my captain they i did like they took the they like sasha like nudges the 12 year old from earlier and she's like i don't know that movie what are you talking about <laughs> yeah that's good you shouldn't yeah. know that movie it's fine but she stands up she's like i don't have cable uh, and then uh, Michelle's like, "You guys know that he still had to leave at the end, right?" And she—that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, I really liked the Michelle Fanny stuff, the stuff with Michael, all that stuff that's like human and relationship-based. Be it bad decisions from a fucking rude woman that doesn't know boundaries, it still has like gravitas to it. It's still real, and Fanny's sells it so well that I like all that stuff. I like Carl yeah. and Boo. There's still plenty in here that I like, but I am very much becoming extremely frustrated with the character of Michelle. And it's it's tainting the rest of the show for me. I um yeah, I my main problem with the show is that um there are so many characters that are unrealistically eccentric. Right. Like, I think about in Gilmore Girls, the guy who worked at the hotel who Lorelai was, who was, he was the always. French guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like. Michelle, he, actually, I believe. Oh, he, yeah. so he is maybe sometimes outrageous, but never in a way that makes you go, this would never happen. Right. But you go, it would hardly ever happen. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. there's too many things in Bunheads where you go, this this would never happen. There's no way anybody stands in line for even one hour. For at, coffee. For yeah, coffee. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's very true. It also, 
You're very fixated on that, but that's very true. Uh, I'm so also, mad how about is that it. a business? Like, how many people can you serve if you have to wait all day in line, like all day, to make it worth a while to be a business? Like, how do you yeah. pay your rent if you serve like ten people a day? And then Rico, who never knows what's happening at his own restaurant. Oh, oh yeah, I, oh, that was so dumb. Where he's like, "Oh, why are there so many people here?" She's like, "You agree? You you." donated the room well is this gonna go on all night they're using the bathrooms he's upset that they're using the bathrooms yeah that's not believable and then also the two mean kids so sasha and charlie they're just caricatures sasha a little more is becoming a little little more more human human, but they're still like just caricatures of of mean kids and um, wise beyond she Sasha that whole speech she gives to the yeah, cheerleading yeah. squads like no no sixteen year old girl says that. Also, the other thing that happens at the hospital is Sasha sees the boy from the restaurant again. I, oh right, his name is like it's Ruben, but then it's something else. Like he goes by his middle name or whatever because his middle name is kind of lame or something like that. Right, or it's maybe he goes by Luke, but his real name is Ruben. So, whatever it is, and she's like, my middle name's Henrietta. They have a perfectly reasonable kid exchange where he's like, "Why? What happened to you?" Oh, I got my ballet teacher maced me or whatever, which is not a reasonable thing to say, but in the course of the episode, it is because that's what happened. But like, he is now like kind of being like a rock kid. He's got like yeah. a black band T-shirt. His hair's like spiky. Maybe he has a necklace or whatever. And he's like, "She's like, oh, you're not on the basketball team anymore." And he's like, "No, this isn't who I am or whatever." At one point, he says, she says to him, why are you here? What, what are you in for? And he's like, mosh pit got a little too tough or something like that. And I was like, right. shut up. <laughs> You're also clearly fine. Like, yeah. give him a black eye. Yeah. Give him a bloody nose. Put a cast on his wrist. Give him something for why he would be in the hospital because of a mosh pit injury. He's right. just sitting there completely okay. <laughs> like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, there's too much where where the writing and directing isn't catching that these things are don't make sense. Right. But I do love Sutton Foster as a um as a performer. Mm. Just think she should be in a play in yes, a broad a somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I love um Carl and Boo and I did love Michael and Fanny and you've gotten my hopes up that he's going <laughs> well, to sell let's his think, house. Let's fingers, let's fingers cross that. Um I will say at the end of this episode I was very tempted to just watch the next episode to see what happens with Sutton Foster's character. Didn't have yeah. that shit to do, but I'm I'm still in. I'm just growing frustrated. I I hear you. I almost am afraid to watch the rest of the episodes <laughs> because I'm afraid it's just going to be a depressing Michelle is yeah. just in no man's land. Uh, justifiably so, but weirdly won't go back to Vegas or just some like, I don't, right. this seems like it's gotten horribly sad. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to plug this will be on Thursday? Uh, oh, um... I'm going to be in the New York Comedy Festival and on November 6th at the New York Comedy Club with as part of that festival with Andrew Dismukes, Kelsey Kane, and Martin Urbano. That's awesome. So definitely go check that out. Uh, where can they find you on the internet? It's at Martha Kelly 3 on Twitter, right? Yes, Word. that's right. So that's do, right. Do those things. I'm at Chris Cubis on all social media, so come check me out there if you like the show. 
rate, review, subscribe, please. It helps us out a lot. Uh, this will be out Thursday. If in your, if you're in Los Angeles, I'm on on deck on Friday night. Oh, I'm on. Big Money at the Virgil on Thursday night, and I'm on On Deck Friday night at the Blue Rooster. of another show Saturday. All my dates are up on the website, chriscubiscomedy.com. Uh, check out the Patreon. We've put a bunch of bonus episodes up there, so go to the uh, link at the top of the canceled Twitter page, or I think it's uh, patreon.com slash cancelpod. Uh, if you're in Austin, I'll be headlining Cap City Comedy Club the last week of... It's like October 31st through November 2nd or something to that effect. And, oh, uh, we have a benefit on the 16th here in Austin uh, at the Brixton. We're doing a Beto Cruz debate watch party and then an all-lady comedy show afterwards to benefit Safe Austin, who do great work supporting the victims of uh, sexual and domestic abuse. Uh, So come out. It's like a $5 suggested donation. We got a raffle with a ton of dope gift cards and prizes from local bars and whatnot. So come to that, and we will see you next week.